Welcome to Baptist Vices. This podcast is designed to engage the Baptist community in challenging thought. We hope to not just promote negative propaganda that is raised against Baptist thought, but to biblically analyze some of these thoughts and provide biblical solutions. We hope you enjoy today's program. And now your host, Dr. Steve Dameron. Vices. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. And today we're going to have David Gibbs III again on. Appreciate that he takes the time to be with us. We're doing part two of something called the cover-up. This time we're going to do a lot with family, as far as parents and children, different things in regards to helping out if you're dealing with CPS or somebody turning you in. So appreciate you tuning in and listening. Encourage you to go to baptistpulpit.com, baptistpulpit.com. Look up in the podcast. We have a number of podcasts that you can subscribe to, also authors, other things that you can look at, hopefully resources that can help you in this baptistic thought. So baptistpulpit.com. Well, it's great to have Attorney David Gibbs III again with us on the podcast, Baptist Vices, and we're doing part two of the cover-up. So, Attorney David Gibbs, thanks for joining us again. Oh, Pastor, always a delight to be with you, my good friend. And again, what an issue that has just, you know, literally rocked our nation. And it's not even just in Baptist circles, but we certainly have plenty of examples we can point to. But uh, denominations across the country are struggling with this issue of how to appropriately handle allegations of child abuse and not be guilty of this turning a blind eye or looking the other way or doing what you so aptly are describing as the cover-up. Yep. All right. So we want to go into dealing with family and give some help there and maybe some help with family and the CPS. How does a pastor deal with this? How does a a parent, because we do have some folks that aren't pastors. Yeah. So how do well, what are what are some ideas and what is some advice with that? Well, and let me for the the pastors and ministry leaders and even the families that are listening, you always have to kind of start with sort of a, a breakdown of who has the authority. Mm-hmm. Now you say, well, why do you even have to ask that question? Well, we live in marriage and divorce and stepkids and grandparents raising kids, and so you always have to almost in today's world stop and say, okay, who is this child? So if it's a foster kid that's under the state system, well, the state holds lots of authority. But on the other end of the spectrum, it could be a biological child that's living with biological dad, biological mom, they're in a good marriage. Well, then you have very strong parental rights. And so whenever you're dealing with any of the situations, abuse allegations or custody issues or you always have to start with you know who has the authority over this child now there's some good news and the good news is if you're in a a good marriage and this is your child or you've legally adopted this child that you have under our constitution a lot of parental rights which means you can 
direct and control the upbringing of the child. What's that mean? You can decide their medical need. You can decide their educational needs. You can discipline them appropriately. You can take them to church. You, you have a lot of authority under our Constitution. But then the question pops up, well, now there's an allegation. Uh, someone says that you haven't acted appropriate towards this child. And now you have the situation where the government is coming in to investigate. And what I have always encouraged folks is, you know, obviously, if there's an allegation that's untrue, you want to be sure that you defend yourself and that you're adequately represented and that you work through the process smartly. Because, you know, sometimes innocent people can say things that make them look guilty. You know, and, and so, you know, the, the knock on the door and the welfare person is there and you go, are you here because I, you know, beat my children? You know, well, all of a sudden you look like a dangerous individual. <laughs> and so I think people need to recognize that, you know, um, law enforcement, CPS, those that are investigating, they're investigators. They, they are not your friend. They are there to mm. determine whether you're safe and appropriate to be around children, certainly your own children. They're going to want to talk with the child. And you do have a lot of rights. And, and I often tell folks, um, Steve, you want to be careful. Uh, two kids play a game. One kid knows the rules. Another kid doesn't. We all know who wins the game, right? It's a kid that yeah. knows the rules because he right. changes them, makes them up. And, and so you always want to be careful if you're in the middle of an investigation. Um, I certainly would encourage folks, you know, we, we want to cooperate and show respect to law enforcement. But if you're the target or the object of an investigation, uh, recognize that they are not your friends. They're, they're not there to just hear your side and going to agree. They're going to investigate you. And it's important that you understand your rights and do things that are appropriate. Now, suppose you're not the person under investigation. Uh, suppose you you're a grandparent or you're a pastor and mm -hmm. there's a child. Well, the best interest of the child is what you should always be thinking about. And so at that point, you're not there to play prosecutor. You're not trying to put parents in jail. You're not trying to defend people. You're not there to be the defense lawyer. You're there as a pastor, ministry leader, concerned relative, friend uh, in the church. And your goal is what's in the best interest of this child. And so I encourage folks to obviously report suspicions of child abuse to the appropriate authorities, but also to cooperate with law enforcement. So if law enforcement says, have you ever seen this person be angry or do something inappropriate, be truthful, always tell the truth, but to cooperate with law enforcement, because we want to make sure that children are safe and that they're in appropriate custody and care. And you say, well, I might be friends with this parent, but I've seen him do horrible things to this child. Well, that's where you need to be really careful because what ends up happening is pastors will look at donors or leaders in the church or volunteers or people will think about their friendship with these adults and they will quit thinking about what's in the best interest of the child mm -hmm. and they will put their relationship or their friendship with the adult uh, over the top of or in yeah. place of what would be best for the child. And so I always encourage folks, you got to step back and you say, you know, erase all the names, forget all the people, forget you even know who they are. What is the thing that you can do that would be in the best interest of the child? And that's very biblical. I mean, yeah. Jesus, um, you know, said, suffer the little children to come unto me. He got a special heart and place for protecting children and making sure that they were safe and spiritually fed. And so those are important things to consider. All right. So a couple of follow-up questions and maybe scenarios. The one, you're, you're going to love this one. So 
as a pastor on the pastor's side, what I've dealt with sometimes or have had pastors that have talked to me, they've had situations in the nursery, the horrible nursery situation. And I think that uh, sometimes you get, <laughs> using my terminology, you get the sergeant of a sergeant of arms <laughs> in the nursery and they're about ready to turn parents in uh, in the nursery, you know, because they saw something. And I would just, uh, you'll probably have some ideas, but I would just say, you know, maybe take it easy first and maybe talk to authority. I'm not saying we're covering things up, but it's amazing to me that they uh, they don't even want to talk to the parents about it. Well, and <laughs> and where you have to balance all that is in what I call the totality of the circumstance yeah we all agree that if you reasonably suspect abuse yep. it should be reported yes. to the authorities but let's define reasonably suspect yes. you know johnny comes running in and says you know my parents beat me last night call the cops okay well johnny is from a good christian family he's well cared for you know the family and you could say, Johnny, you keep talking like that. We're going to have to tell your parents. You might get a repeat of last night's performance. You've got to behave yourself, right? That's not a reasonable suspicion. Yes. But on the other hand, if a little girl comes in and she's from a broken home, you know, the mom's had a lot of men in and out of that home. There's bruises on her neck. And you ask her where the bruises came from. And she's nothing, nothing. I'm okay. And yep. well, can we talk to your mom? No, no, no. Don't talk to my mom. Well, there you have a situation where the child's denying things. And you could reasonably suspect that there's abuse that needs to be reported. So it's always in the totality of circumstances. Just a, a bruise on a two-year-old's knee that he got on a playground does not mean that there has been abuse. But if you know the family, you know the situation, and you see a, an infant or a toddler with a lot of unusual bruises, um, then all of a sudden you may say, okay, that has triggered what we would call the reasonable suspicion. So I always encourage folks, you know, we're not going to cover it up, but we don't need to become paranoid. Yes. Uh, we don't need to find a, a abuse behind every bush. I mean, that's not our goal at all. Our goal is to say, you know, if I reasonably suspect, then I have the duty to report. And then also you report because you're trying to act in the best interest of the child. Yes. But don't let the government's response dictate whether yes. you feel like you've done the right thing or not. Sometimes they'll react really strongly. Yes. Sometimes they do next to nothing. But what you're doing is you say, I suspect that there was something. It doesn't mean you can prove it. And it doesn't mean you need to go investigate it. That's not your job. But if you did suspect, you should report. Yep. So another follow-up or scenario is on the parent's side. So in the news or in conservative media, it seems like they are able to grab the one instance in America every month that is a nightmare. <laughs> And that's the news, because really, positive news doesn't make a lot of news. So they have the one that they're... Doesn't be get the same ratings. Right. I mean, that's why you got to... They, they want the vice. They don't want the Baptist. Right, right. <laughs> so they, so they, they're knocking the doors down and all that type of stuff. And I know some of those things can happen. But on a parent's side, just some helps to not be paranoid when you get the phone call. And, and maybe a couple of tips to do. I know as a pastor, I've helped a number of people walk through it. 
I've talked with lawyers like you and other people that I've known, and they've just helped to calm things down for the parent, too. Yeah, and and here's the other issue, too. The best situation for a parent's not to have any problems. Yes. Okay. And what you run into, and I find this sometimes, is parents are arrogant. And I don't mean that, that they're bad people. They want to tell everybody else how to do it, and they brag, and they mm. they argue, you know, they're going to homeschool their kids, and they're going to live on a farm, and they're going to make their own bread, and they're going to live very, um, you know, Amish or Mennonite style, and yet the mother-in-law is a public school teacher in a big city who thinks they're all nuts. Yes. Okay. So instead of being gracious and humble and quiet, they argue yep. with this lady who turns them in. I yep. mean, at the end of the day, she's going to go like, you know, I'm done. I'm worried about my grandkids. Yeah. And now you have a public school teacher that's turned you in and you're going to have some problems for a while. Yes. Okay. And so what I encourage folks is, you know, don't brag online. You've got it all figured out. Don't talk about discipline your kids. Try to be a little more humble, gracious before the Lord, and that will help you minimize antagonizing people that may not think you're the greatest person. They may think that, and sometimes the kid themselves is your problem. You know, if you have a rebellious 12, 13, 14, 15 year old and they're talking to social services, you know, if they see you at war with your own child, they're going to be way more suspicious of you. If they see a loving parent that's trying hard to do its best for the child, they're going to be way harder on the child. Yep. And so what I've encouraged people is a little humility, a little grace will go a long way, but also keeping your mouth shut. Yep. Um, you know, don't be posting everything online. Don't brag about <laughs> it. Don't tell people they're sinners if they don't do it your way. Yep. Um, you're just going to put a bullseye on yourself. And again, if that's what you want to do, but I encourage folks to be more diplomatic and really more humble about it. Yep. So as we close, I'll put a plug in for you. You can look up nclll.org and then reach out to you guys. I know you helped, um, as I was a pastor, helped our situation. You gave tools, uh, great helps as far as things to for workers instruction for workers. You have all kinds of things and recommendations, and I would just tell them to reach out to you because and, we need to be careful when it comes to working with kids within the church too. So, Yes, sir. And let me say this, Steve. Um, anybody that has a question, um, if they want to reach out to ncll.org, National Center for Life and Liberty, um, we're honored to take your question. We will help you. We, we value kids being safe and ministries being protected. So they can reach out at any point, again, ncll.org. And uh, Steve Dameron, you are my dear friend, and I hold you in huge esteem and always honored to be on your podcast. All right. Thanks for your time. Appreciate Blessings. it. Thank you for listening to Baptist Vices. We trust you were challenged to find a biblical path for navigating through some differences within Baptist churches. Join your host, Dr. Steve Dameron, next week for another engaging podcast. May God richly bless you.